I'm Jay Mac. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Base Code Podcast. Boom. Boom indeed. I think I've said that before. <laughs> yeah. I thought I had something when I woke up. It's early for me, so I thought I had something when I woke up to say, but then... What time is it there? Uh, Seven, yeah. like 11. 7-Eleven. Yeah. Do you, have, you have 7-Eleven over there, right? You invented 7-Eleven, surely. <laughs> I'm sure uh, I invented 7-Eleven at mean some point in my life. America. Yes, <laughs> by America. Thanks. Yes. I don't, although there's not many in our area, I feel like now it's... It maybe used to be, you know, more expansive across the country, but like now I feel like it's in a very small geographic area. Okay. Like we have that a lot, like especially for restaurants, like, you know, like like for example, just a quick example, like in our area there's there's a place called White Castle. It's like a little mini burger joint. And it, you know, I think I've heard of it. But there's like other parts of the country where like they don't have White Castle. They have I think it's called like Crystals with like a K. Okay. And it's basically the same place, but that's just the one that, you know, lived on there. That they get, yeah. I think I've heard, like, is it like In-N-Out Burger or Five Guys or something? It's mm-hmm. only on, like, one half of the country. Yeah, so we have Five Guys here and no In-N-Out Burgers, but if you go out west, you'll have the opposite. You'll have In-N-Out Burgers, but no Five Guys. And we're over here with none. Those aren't as close to being the same, but but yes. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway... What uh, what's going on with you? I saw I saw uh, you had some cool stuff getting some praise on Twitter. Yeah. With- so Dries reached out to me a little while ago and was just like, "Hey, is there anything you know that we could do in the framework to make it better?" And I was like, "Like that just felt like such a cool thing for you know one of the contributors to reach out and ask that." Um. Yeah. So. Little did he know I was just going to send like a stream of all of my PR ideas for because I've got like a little notepad of like, you know, Laravel PR ideas. Nice. And I just sent him all of them. And you should like publish those. Well, the idea is that they were like my secret stash that like when I find time, I was going to like try and implement them and and all that sort of stuff. That was your mark on the framework. Yeah. (laughs) But because Dries asked nicely, I was just like, here, here's all of them. (laughs) So... One of them that uh, Taylor particularly liked was, you know how when you're testing in Laravel and if you like go assert okay or any of the assert status code things, and if you get yeah. like a an unexpected exception, it'll say, you know, assert status code 500 does not equal to expected 200. And that's it. You don't actually find out what caused the 500. Yeah. And then you do the you dance of like turning on without exactly. And... Run it again. Run it again. And then you like either go and remove it and all that whole dance. So now what it does, and Taylor PR'd this particular feature. So it stores all of the exceptions that happen. And then when you run one of those assert, you know, assert okay, if there was an exception thrown, it'll do the standard assertion and then it will log out this exception occurred during the request and it'll like stringify the exception. And then I PR'd a little extra onto that where if you get an unexpected validation error, because that's another one I run into all the time of like, you know, unexpected 422, expected 200. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, now I've got to like, you know, do response dump to find out what the validation error was. Well, now it will show you the validation errors when that exception happens. So, Out of curiosity, because you got me thinking now, is that one just for like status code or is that also 
like if you asserted a redirect because i run into that one a lot like it'll say like kind of redirected but because you're in test mode it'll redirect you to your your home page you know of the site that's a good question but it redirected because on a non-api request you would get redirected you know quote unquote back but there is no back when you're testing so it's kind of for newcomers that one's a tough one and that's always annoying me yeah i should probably do one for that too yeah so it depends what the like assert redirected does because these new things all hook into like the assert status code stuff so if assert redirected does yeah. an assertion that you got a 301 or a 302 then it'll probably kick yeah. it off but if it does something else then it probably won't trip this one so i'll have to test that after these are live i guess they'll be pushed out in today's release so yeah, but yeah. by the time you're listening to this you they will have been out for probably almost a week so but yeah those are cool you know i i totally agree those are like those great little quality of life that like you kind of just you're living with it you know yeah you don't really realize it it could be better because it's already kind of so great so this should like really shorten that like cycle of you know red green and all that sort of stuff because you know now you don't have to modify the test and run it again you'll just get the thing straight away fix it no code change required other than obviously fixing the bug so yeah exactly that's a really good one. That that was like super annoying, but you you just thought that's the way you do it. So pretty much, yeah. Like if you set the log driver to standard error, then you'd get the exception thrown in your like test log. Mm. But that's a cool. Trick. It was a little bit janky, and you have to kind of remember to turn it on and all that. So we could turn it on in just test mode. Yeah, that's what I've I've done that before in in projects. Yeah, like in the PHP unit.xml. I'd have to look at that. I think Dries sent me something too and he was like are there any things and i sent him like that link to the blog post i wrote about like streamlining laravel like three years ago ah uh, yeah i don't i don't know if any of those will make it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember taylor a while ago mentioned that someone on like the php team reached out to him and i thought that was the coolest thing ever so having someone on the laravel team reach out to me was like a pretty special moment Oh, yeah, super cool, super cool. And obviously, like, Laravel's open anyway, but to of get course, that yeah. kind of, like, private reach out, like you said, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I thought today we could maybe move a little bit away from the tech and just chat about kind of, like, how we rolled out um, the workbench, maybe a little bit about pricing and things like that. Because yeah. we kind of had a, a bit of a strategy there. You know, and pricing is always hard. So I think it's good to share what our thoughts were there and then like how that kind of turned out and what we think now yeah. after it's launched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's so much like advice on the internet around pricing and so many people talk about it. And it's one of those subjects that like there is no like objective way. Well, there probably is like some metrics you could use, but it's very much a gut feel kind of thing because each product is different. Each audience is different. So you do kind of have to go with your gut a little bit. And, you know, use whatever techniques you can, but yeah, there's no sure thing with it. It's also tough because with Shift, in a way, I've kind of painted myself into this like value. Yeah. Shift is like an incredible value. Like it's $9 and it upgrades your site, saving you like hours of time. Yeah. Depending. It doesn't matter if you have like a pretty small project or you have like a huge project that's like you know, thousands and thousands of lines of code. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just $9. Yeah, if you're, like, billing clients, like, that's a massive money saver. Or if you're working at a company, massive money saver. So you probably could ch charge a lot more. Oh, sure, sure. And that, and to your point, that's kind of the thing. Like, 
other people may say, oh, charge more, do this, do that. Yeah. Um, and I've talked about this a little bit in, in some recent threads, but as it relates to the workbench, the point being like it's difficult to or not difficult, but at least to me personally, it it feels hard to suddenly charge like, you know, one hundred and ninety nine dollars for like this one thing. Yeah. Because then now it's like, oh, well, I can just go run the Laravel Fixer periodically for $19 or I can sign up for a subscription, you know, a shifty plan and I'll get access to an online version of the workbench. So like, why would I pay 200, 300, whatever dollars for like this software to run locally kind of thing? Yeah. And there's a few different use cases for workbench and like some of them, you know, you might buy it, run like, I don't know, 10 tasks. And then your project is sweet. You probably don't need to use it again for a little while or until you pick up another project. Yeah. So you've got to kind of like balance that. And again, it is a piece of software. It's not necessarily an IDE though. No. But it is a local tool that's going to help bring value, like you said, by being able to run these tasks that otherwise would have been crazy regular expressions or by hand or like we said in some of the previous episodes, like going out and finding this tool and then learning how to configure that tool and learning how to install and run that tool. And yeah. So there's a lot there. But then to your point, also in that same statement on the other side, it's like, well, you might only run two or three tasks. And then, you know, if you only work on one Laravel project, then you might not use it again. Yeah. You might not need to use it again. Yeah. And like we also took the approach of, you know, like some of the tasks when we first launched were like a little bit beta. Like we knew they worked on a lot of projects we tried them on, but we also knew that once this got into the hands of a lot more people with a lot more projects, with so many more variables and things that could go wrong, that not everyone was going to have a completely flawless experience. Yeah. And so you kind of like worry about charging too much because then you feel bad if like it doesn't work out for someone. I've said that before with Shift. That's kind of the balance is like, yeah, it's it's not $99 that it arguably could be per shift. You know, it's $9 or $19 or whatever. But, like, that also hedges that kind of support expectation as well. Yeah. Like, I think if you were charging $99 and the site's broken, I think you have an obligation a little bit to handhold or an expectation that you might handhold a bit to get that all the way 100% upgraded. And yeah. I don't want that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm just one person. Yeah, they... I, I do wonder though, like I've always heard this this thing about like the clients that pay the most money are generally the best clients because yeah, well, a higher end client. Yeah, I guess so. And and if they're paying you a lot, I suppose this is like if they if you're providing a service for them, like a personal service, like you know human labor, that they obviously value your time and experience more because they're paying more for it, and maybe yeah. they treat you better. I don't know, but I guess with software, it's a little bit different anecdotally like when i do the human shifts which you know i upgrade the app for you and it's a time-based thing so there's an understanding of like look i have three hours you know i'm gonna work on whatever you of course you can buy more time but like the point is it's it's more time-based and it's more one-on-one interaction it is true i think anecdotally that during that time no one's ever come back and said you didn't get more done in three hours like Mm. everyone's always been like great awesome or yeah here i'll i'll pick up more time or you know incredible but so even that's a value so it's it's very interesting i totally agree so it's not to say that if i charged 99 dollars for shifts like you know it wouldn't do better or be the same or even less support i don't know 
that's just kind of not what I feel like shift is built. It's kind of, again, that whole value proposition of like, what are you? I think I was reading something on like Harvard Business Review or whatever, where like, you know, there's four main categories for like your value proposition. It's, it's kind of like, you know, the best it's like luxury. Mm -hmm. Um, it's like bang for your buck, meaning like, you know, value. And then I don't remember the fourth one right now off the top of my head. We'll link to the article. Yeah. But the point is shift of course fell kind of pretty squarely in like the bang for the buck. Right. Like, and that's, that's where I like being. So I think with the workbench, we do have an opportunity and we agreed on it being worth more kind of over time, especially as we continue to add more tasks. But it's one of those things where because of the beta, because of the first time with the Electron app, I think we shied away from, or like we heavily discounted it. Yeah. And so we started at $29 ultimately is, is is where we're going here. So we, because of all the things we just said, we said, okay, you know what? Let's, let's just put it out at $29 with kind of this upper, you know, crossed out price of 99 Yeah. And that's what we probably feel like it, you know, we could charge for it, Yeah. but we're just, we're not comfortable. You know, it's all about comfort is really the point. Oh yeah. We're just not comfortable charging that much right now. But like to the other side of it, I was reading something the other day that Sebastian from Beyond Code wrote, and he was saying like not to do launch discounts because the people that buy on launch are your like most dedicated followers who will like pay full price. Like they're happy to pay full price. It's so funny. He posted that about two days after our launch (laughs) and like one hour after chatting with me on like, hey, when's this? And I'm like, oh, it's discounted. Pick it up, you know, because he's like, I'm going to buy it tomorrow. And I was like, well, we're going to raise the price tomorrow. Yeah, right. Then he posted that. So part of me thought, you know what? I wonder if he was kind of like that maybe inspired him a little bit to. Yeah, he probably thought, yeah, like I totally would have paid a lot more for this. (laughs) Well, and I think everyone who bought it early did i think who was it steve uh mcdougall or yeah yeah he was he was like surprised at how cheap it was and whenever you read things like that you're like oh have i left money on the table and i i think you know what i think in retrospect i think the answer is yes i think we did leave money on the table because i think i think sebastian's totally right in retrospect like we could go look at the users that picked it up and probably recognize a lot of the names and realize that those people yeah they they were going to buy it regardless. And the price now is $49 as we speak. And it'll continue to rise as we add more tasks and more features, of course. But like, yeah, it'll probably stay here for a little bit, especially since the Laravel 9 release has been pushed out. You know, so the point being, we, you know, those people might have paid $49, which is basically double where we started at 29 So, yeah, you know, we just we just doubled our revenue. Yeah. But of course, like the other side of that is you don't know how many people would never have bought it at all yeah. um, if it was the higher price. So that's the that's the like the dance you've got to do. If this were, you know, a, a real product, like a physical product, or if this were um, a book that yeah. you didn't really have like sample chapters, I would totally agree with you there. Like if this was shift, I totally agree with you there. The lifetime value of the customer for shift is what's important to me because they're coming back for the next version and the next version. And next time they come across a really old app, they're going to upgrade that with shift. So it's fine to me if they just pay $9 to entice them that first time. Right. (laughs) You sound like a drug deal. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Pushing. I got to push my product. But like, 
No, that's the point, though. You know, you want to get them in the door. Yeah, of course. Is, is the way, is probably, is probably the, you know, way to say it. Yeah, you want to have, like, I think the the highest price you can get that still feels like a no-brainer. But, like, how do you know what that is? Like, <laughs> Well, I think you got to find it over time. Yeah. Um, but kind of going back to, to just that last part a second ago, I think the workbench kind of breaks out of that place of, like, oh, well, what if you know, they were never going to purchase because we have so much of it. You can run for free. You can download it for free. You can run probably half of the tasks for free. Yeah. So like you're already getting that, that kind of, you know, taste anyway. Mm. So it's like the free sample. Yeah, exactly. You get a free sample <laughs> and now you're like, that stuff's great. I'm going to pay way more <laughs> yep. for, you know, to have these premium, the premium version. Right. Yeah. So to be able to run those premium tasks, it's I think it's already in the no brainer. So I, I don't think again, I, I think it was probably a mistake to discount it that, that much, yeah. Like deeply in the beginning, probably. Yeah. The other thing to consider though is that it is a yearly license cost as well. So Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it's not like a one off cost like a shift is. Um but it depends how long yeah. someone like renews their license for. And I did talk to Marcel about that because I think initially we thought it would be like, a, you know, a subscription. But I think, you know, just kind of having it be this one year license, you know, use it for the year and then you make the choice, you know, more like, you know, IDEs are right. Like, yeah, I know you use FIM, but I mean, for PHP Storm, for example, like, you know, every November I get an email. And it's like, you know, your license is you know, ready to renew. Yeah. So. But they don't automatically charge me. I can keep using this version of PHP Storm forever. You yeah. Know? So, but yeah. Anyway, I I think I think in retrospect the discount probably shouldn't have been so deep and probably shouldn't have lasted so long. And Frank told me this about Ray. Just like they took a few iterations to kind of get to where their price was and did the same thing until they kind of landed in that sweet spot. Yeah. I mean. Like I don't, I don't have any regrets. Like, yeah, we probably left some money on the table, but at the same time, it was, you know, we learned something from it, which is good. We got a bunch of people signing up, which felt good. And if we had have put it higher and then not got as many signups, then there would have been all this doubt of like, was it too expensive? Did they not like the tool? So, yeah, I feel like I'm happy with how things yeah. turned out. It's very easy to look back. I think especially for developers and say, oh, I, sh I should have done this. But I think you also have to remember in the moment all those other things that were going on. And again, that's why I think pricing is, is such a, a personal kind oh, of yeah. choice than like anything else. Because, yeah, you can have all sorts of people that have maybe successful, maybe not, maybe whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. You're going to have all sorts of people saying, hey you know, charge this or charge that, or that's too much, or wow, really? Like, yeah, you just can't, you want to listen, but at the same time, you need to, you need to kind of go with what you're comfortable with. Cause yeah, you wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be the opposite. Like you said, I wouldn't want to be looking back and saying, man, no one downloaded that. We, then you end up kind of trying like today only flash sale, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's now you're teaching people to only buy it when you have these sales, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather move the needle, start really low, get some people in the door, get some people talking about it, and then and then move it up, you know, as appropriate. And like we said, I think for us, that means, you know, when we come out with a few new tasks, 
boom, maybe there's another $10. And over the next several months, you know, we get to that $99 bit. Yeah. It really feels like another case of imposter syndrome. Like, we just didn't have confidence that, I don't know, like, it's just that bit of doubt, you know, with things being alpha, first electron app, all those things weighed together. Yeah. Made it feel like, is this really worthy or is, like... I think we knew that it was, though, through all of it. But, yeah, you're right. I think you have all those factors that kind of, again, personally give you that doubt that you're kind of like, well, we better just tow the water here. We don't know what we have. Yeah. And there's always the fear of, like, like rejection, of, like, someone paying a really expensive price for it and then not being happy and then coming back for a refund. Like, that, yeah. that would hurt. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and again, just with Shift, like, there's there's barely ever any requests for refunds. Like, I mean, there's probably been single digits in five years, yeah. like, you know, of a request anyway. Sometimes I'll offer it if someone says, like, you know, hey, it didn't work or whatever. But anyway, I think also, too, though, we knew, gosh, one of these tasks alone is worth, Oh yeah. you know, the price. Like, for example, if you just wanted to adopt, like, some of the new features for migrations, like the new ways to write migrations, because you got a long-lived app and you're, like, running into naming conflicts and, like, you can never run the down methods and all that kind of stuff, like... I mean, you could run those two tasks alone on your entire code base, saving you hours, and it definitely would have been worth a couple of weeks ago, 29 bucks, or now 49 or even 99 here you yeah. know, in several months. I mean, just those two tasks, and there's 50 others in there that you're going to get for a year. Yep. So if you're an agency or you're a team or even just a contractor that works on multiple Laravel projects, and you always end up doing a couple little tweaks you know, every time you get into a project, you just kind of have a set of things that you do. It's like a baseline. Yeah. yeah. See if those line up with the workbench and pick up a license. That's that's my pitch right there. Sounds good. One last thing I'll say about the workbench and pricing is, you know, I always felt like the latest uh, plan for the shifty plans, mm. like the subscription. Yep. I always felt like the value on it maybe wasn't as readily apparent as like the LTS plan because like the LTS plan, you get shifts going like all the way back to Laravel 6, right? So you're getting more shifts. It's very clear as far as like the intention of that plan. The intention is to upgrade your application so then you can downgrade your plan to the latest and now you're just, you know, staying upgraded forever. You don't have to think about it, right? But the latest plan is like a $99 annual plan and... If you kind of go think about the numbers of it, you know, again, being a value guy, like if you go look, well, like the latest shift's $19 and it includes like the fixer and the test generator. And so like those are $19. So like you're at like, you know, 40, 50 bucks, right? Yeah. Well, where's the other $49, <laughs> you know? So like if you're just, again, if you're like kind of a frugal person or you're, you kind of you count up the bill like that. Like you could look at that and you could argue, okay, well, that's in the weekly release updates and that's in the cloud-based workbench and that's the API that you can hook into, that's the webhooks, you can have it automatically do things with your PR, like that's the 49. But it just felt like a real big gap compared to the other plans where you could add up the shift's value and basically get the number right away and then you're getting all those other things for more or less free. Yeah. So, point being... The workbench has given, I think, us an opportunity to at least temporarily say, okay, you know what? Hey, we're going to throw the license in for the workbench as well. It lines up with that one-year subscription plan anyway, and we'll include it. And it kind of 
for now, again, makes up that difference. Yeah, especially with, like we've said before, like the, the new Laravel release cycles as well. Yeah, it also just fits the philosophy of that plan, again, to stay latest, to keep your app current. And yeah, with that one-year release cycle, there, there's going to be a lot more ways your application can get kind of out of date or out of practice or fall out of conventions. That's a much longer time frame, which, you know, again, totally agree with those release cycles. But I, I think we're going to see that applications actually stay more up to date, which is good for Shift, but because there's so much time in between the release now that you kind of have to upgrade to get all of those features. Yeah, but it makes sense. Like you said, with that plan, like its goal is to keep you up to date. And so the fact that it includes like the tools that we can give you to stay up to date, like all of those tools, yeah. makes sense philosophically. Yeah, I just thought it aligned well. So that, that was a good fit as well. So anyway, cool. but yeah, we, we will continue to move that price up as more and more tasks are available and more and more features are available, such as maybe being able to run shifts from the Workbench app yeah. um, directly. I think that's called creating a sense of urgency in marketing terms. And when that was the whole reason <laughs> for the Workbench, we wanted to meet people kind of in that time of need, right? Mm. Like, don't go sign in and do this and do that. Here it is right here on your desktop. Boom. Yep. Sweet. So, boom. There it is. Boom. From beginning to end. Boom. Boom indeed. All right. Well, I'll see you next time. See ya. Show notes for this episode can be found at basecodefieldguide.com slash 40. Holy crap, 40 episodes.